0: genetics and genealogy
2: i should have tested myself long ago like i just made a lot of excuses
0: this hour ksl explores how to use testing and family history to decode your risk for cancer here's our host debbie Dujanovic, on ksl news radio 102.7 fm and 1160 a.m
1: I'm Debbie Dujanovic of KSL News Radio, and I'm looking forward to the next hour learning how genealogy, genetics, can detect a huge risk for breast cancer. So let's start with a statistic that scares a lot of women. Cancer.org puts our risk of developing breast cancer in our lifetime at about 13%. But for women like Emma and Gabriella Friel, their risk is much higher, say like 80%. You'll find out how they figured it out, what came next once they found out, and how you can determine your own risk with a simple test at your kitchen table. But let's begin here. In January 2021, Emma dug into solving a nagging suspicion about her family history of breast cancer. Could it possibly be that she had inherited a gene mutation that puts her in a risk category so high, so scary... She'd be forced to make a choice to keep her breasts and chance it or have a double mastectomy. Remove both breasts at the age of 24. And then, what about Sister Gabriella, her twin? And how old are you? I'm 24. And who's sitting to your left?
3: My twin sister. <laughs> so, same
1: age. <laughs> Gabriella, do you guys uh, snowboard together or hike together, travel together? Tell me about that.
3: Yeah, for sure. We do. A lot together. Um, it's kind of nice that we live together now. We didn't used to live together, so this is our first year like being in the same state since graduating high school. So it's been super fun. And yeah, we snowboard. We are going to Italy this summer, which we're excited about.
1: So in your early twenties, Emma, you do something that most twenty year olds do not do. They don't even think about it. You work to connect your family history of breast cancer to a breast cancer mutation. Uh, some people call it the breast cancer gene or or BRCA. So if your blood test shows you have this gene, it means you inherited it and your odds for developing breast cancer increase astronomically.
3: I currently work in genetics. Um, Even before that, I tried to get uh, tested when I lived back in Ohio. But with our insurance, I needed to have like specific documentation for it to be paid for. And it's a pretty expensive test. So I just... It was a lot of work, and I just forgot about it. Um, but this past year, so January of 2021, I decided to get tested. Um, this BRCA gene runs in our family. Our cousin had it, um, and then her mom, so my aunt had it. It was very offhanded. I got tested. I didn't think anything about it. I figured I would be negative, um, and then it turned out I was positive.
1: At what point did you call your twin sister?
3: Um, I called her after I called my mom.
1: Gabriella, did you run to your gynecologist and get tested, or did you think on it for a a bit?
3: Yeah, I definitely was like, okay, well, time to get tested. I was hoping by some chance that I wouldn't have it, just like, I don't know, the grace of God or something. But I assumed I did, so it wasn't as much of a shock for me than Emma, because I went and got tested, and it takes like a month or so, whatever the time frame is. So I definitely had more time to process it, I think, than Emma did, because she kind of did it nonchalantly, and I was like, I probably have this no matter what.
1: When you got the call that you were positive for the BRCA gene, did you have the same reaction that Emma did?
3: Not so much. Um, Emma and I, like, deal with things differently, and so I was more so just like, okay, this is kind of how it's going to be, and I need to figure out what I need to do.
1: So then you have, you are faced with this very stark reality and a very big decision. Yes. Do you keep your breasts or do you go through a double mastectomy? What are the odds of developing breast cancer when you find out you're positive for this BRCA gene?
3: Yeah. Um, So there's two different types of BRCA genes. There's the BRCA1 and BRCA2. Um, We have the BRCA1 gene, which is the there's a higher percentage of us getting breast cancer. So there is about an 85% chance of getting us us developing breast cancer by the time we turn 70, 75. Um, It's not super scientific where they can say, like, this is your percentage by the age of 30, and this is your percentage by the age of 50. It's very broad. They're doing more research to try and um, pinpoint it, but science isn't there yet.
1: Emma, through your research, you learned that having a double mastectomy will significantly reduce your risk for developing breast cancer in your lifetime. And it's, it is significant. And in a few minutes, we're going to talk to a cancer doctor, an oncologist, about exactly how much it reduces a risk. But you determine that this is the course that you're going to take. Your mind's made up. A double mastectomy is in your near future.
3: I mean, thinking that and then actually planning the surgery and actually doing it are two very different things.
1: Let's talk more about that in just a moment, what you went through and the recovery. Uh, But Gabriella, first, let's talk about you. You thought, well, double mastectomy, not not so fast.
3: I definitely looked more into the other options, I think, than Emma did. Um, So another option is I could get tested every six months for the rest of my life until someday I get breast cancer. Um, I wasn't really keen on that option just because you get tested every six months and then you have to wait the time to see if you have it and then you aren't sure like how far along you are. It just seemed like a lot of anxiety and just like a lot of time. Like I have to schedule my life around this test forever. Um, But there was another option of like taking a medication. Um, That one isn't as, I guess, concrete As the other two options, it's more, there's a lot of side effects and they don't have as much research into the medication. And so I thought about both of those for a little while and then honestly was like, okay, well, I think I'm just going to go and do the surgery. It seems like the less, it's more concrete and less anxiety and stress in the long run.
1: Gabriella, did you have anybody push back and say you are too young to undergo this surgery?
3: For sure. Um, There were definitely like some friends and family who were like, what are you doing? Like, this is a huge choice you're making. Um, I think a lot of people were like, you are really young and you don't need to be making this choice right now.
1: But now it's been a year that you have been researching, thinking, discussing, praying um, about this. And February of 2022... Gabriella, you and your sister, Emma, walk into the same hospital here in Utah on the very same day and you're going to have the same surgery, double mastectomy. Emma, what was that day like for you after all that time?
3: Yep. yep. <laughs> With the same surgeons, everyone was very excited. Um, it was kind of a surreal feeling. But our surgeon was someone who said that you the best time to get surgery is the year before you get cancer. But obviously, we don't have crystal ball, and I don't know when that year would be. So the whole process was very surreal. It was nice to have someone with me, but it was also hard to be sympathetic towards everything that she was going through, (laughs) because I was also going through the same thing. Emma was like, you're not in pain. It's fine.
1: (laughs) I did not say that. In a few minutes, let's talk about what's next, because as it turns out, Having the double mastectomy is just the beginning of your journey through several surgeries. But next, let's bring your mom into the conversation. She's at her home in Indiana, next.
3: Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night.
2: Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do.
3: When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything.
0: It was violent, it was senseless. Sometimes I thought there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one.
3: Follow the letter at the LetterPodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Debbie Dujanovic is one half of David Dujanovic. Hear their timely and relatable takes on the news. Monday from 9 till noon on KSL News Radio.
1: Welcome back. I'm Debbie Dujanovic. Let's continue our conversation with Emma and Gabriella Friel. They're 24-year-old twin sisters who live in Utah, and they got tested for the breast cancer gene. They were positive, which significantly increased their risk of developing breast cancer in their lifetime, somewhere in the neighborhood of 80%. Before making the choice to have double mastectomies, they turned to their mom, Sandra. She faced a wave of emotions of her own. What would she tell her daughters to do? Or would she tell them not to get double mastectomies just yet? Hi, Sandra. Can you hear us?
2: Yes, I can.
3: Hi, Mom.
1: (laughs) We can see you. We can hear you. And you're dialed in from your home in Indiana? Yes. And you were here with the girls as they were going through surgery and, and a lot of their recovery um, talk about your emotions as as a mom as as they were making this decision, and then as you watched them get whisked into surgery.
2: So, it was really hard when they were making the decision. I mean, um, I, Emma actually called me. I was at work in my uh, office. I work in oncology. I'm a nurse practitioner, and. You know, I just got done seeing a patient and Emma called me and told me that she was positive and I could tell that she had been crying and she was tearful and it was just very surreal. I just, I immediately felt guilty because I thought I should have tested myself long ago. Like I, I just made a lot of excuses of why not to get tested. You know, my, I had lost my cousin and I knew that she was positive, but you know, our parents are half siblings. And they had breast cancer on the side of the family that was not blood related to me. So I just always kind of thought, oh, it it must have come from that side of the family. And I just kind of put it out of my head for a long time. And so here's Emma, the first one, positive. And I immediately felt like I this should not be on her. Like I should have done this first. Um and she from the from the jump, Emma wanted surgery. Um, And then when Gabriella came up positive, I thought, I want this to be their decision. Like, I want them to make the right decision, but I know that it needs to be theirs and not mine. So I really encourage them, you know, I want you to go and see it. Like, I cannot be your medical specialist on this. You need to see a geneticist. You need to see your own breast surgeon and all these other things.
1: What was the defining moment for you when you knew it was right? that your girls were going to undergo a double mastectomy?
2: The girls were 23 years old when they got their test results. And there were, you know, even medical professionals that were saying, oh, wait till you're 25. And I consulted with the oncologist I work with, who I trust a lot. And he said, that's an arbitrary number. You know, we see patients younger than that. Like, why are they, what's the reason to wait until 25? But of course, I didn't want them to get it yet. You know, they're they're really active and they're having so much fun and I don't want to interrupt their lives with this mess and thinking about cancer. And as I was struggling over that, I met a new patient literally a week after all of this kind of hit. Um, and this girl walks in, she's one year older than my twins. She's this really dynamic young woman and she's like the girl. She likes to rock climb and snowboard and adventure and do all of this stuff. And she has, She's BRCA1 positive, and she has triple negative breast cancer, which is traditionally a harder cancer to treat, harder to cure. And I just, you know, I never cry at work. I've been working oncology my whole career. It's very rare that I'm cheerful. And I'm in here meeting her, and I just started to cry. I just felt, well, twofold, because first of all, you never want to see a young woman like that, having to deal with such a diagnosis. And here was this young woman, she'd already lost her mom to cancer. Um, Also because she so much reminded me of my girls. But the other thing was, is I really felt like it was, you know, this intervention, this, you know, my prayers and, you know, all the struggle that I'd been going through wrestling with this, that it was this way of saying, this is what you need to do. They're doing the right thing. They're not too young. To get surgery.
1: What our listeners probably won't realize at this point in the conversation is that you went through a double mastectomy before your girls did.
2: Yes. So when, you know, this was before us, all three of us are positive. Obviously, I was the highest risk because I'm older. Um, so I did my surgery first.
1: Sandra, I, I know you've told me that your daughter Emma. Uh, flew to Indiana to help you get through the days after your surgery and, and care for you and then you came here to Utah to be with both Emma and Gabriella as they went through surgery and then and then the days following uh, surgery of their double mastectomies at this point I'm wondering as you all three are going through this in a roughly about the same time if you were Thinking back on your decisions, Emma, let me start with you. If you could ask your mom anything right now about this experience, what would it be?
3: Mom, have you regretted your surgery, even though you've had uh, every complication that you could
2: think of? (laughs) (laughs) It's hard for me to answer that. I don't regret getting surgery. I know it was the right thing to do, and the peace i'm the peace of mind I have now that my cancer risk went from you know possibly eighty five percent risk to like less than two percent there's you know that's worth it,
1: Gabriela, yeah, really. what question would you ask of your mother
2: was there any part of
3: you like when you initially found out, I was way more hesitant on getting surgery was there any part of you that was like uh, maybe I'll, I mean, I know you and I know the answer to this anyways, but was there any part of you that was like, no, I'm just going to like take my chances and just get I'm already 40 it. something. Like maybe I've already, like yeah, maybe you already passed it. it. Maybe
2: you were just the percentage that could deal with it. You know, there were nights when I was laying in bed thinking maybe I have passed it, you know, like my cousin was 30. I'm, you know, 18 years older than she was at first diagnosis. Maybe I can just slide through this and, and not do it. But for me, I see so many women every day, you know, I wouldn't have been able to lie to myself for very long.
1: (laughs) Emma, I, I want you to share some final thoughts here about your mom, the fact that she works in oncology, but yet she had not been tested until you got tested.
3: I think it's also super important um, for everyone to hear, like, my mom is a nurse practitioner. She is in the medical community. She sees oncology patients every day. And she was still that person that put off this testing and was still that person that was like, oh, it can't be me. That's not going to be me.
1: It seems your curiosity to know more about your family history of breast cancer and your DNA has opened up a lot of people's eyes.
3: Once I got tested, it's amazing the amount of people that it's like affected. There's so many people now in my life who have tested positive and now at least even if they don't decide to get surgery, at least they have the knowledge. At least they're talking about it. Yes. That's a big thing, is just talk about it with your loved ones and the people
1: next. A doctor from Huntsman Cancer Institute joins the conversation. She'll tell us how much these tests cost and who should get tested.
0: Genetics and genealogy.
1: I should have
2: tested myself long ago. Like, I just made a lot of excuses.
0: This hour, KSL explores how to use testing and family history to decode your risk for cancer. Here's our host, Debbie Dugenovic, on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM.
1: Dr. Sarah Colonna from Huntsman Cancer Institute. 24 years old. Doctor, that sounds so young to me, but I'm in my mid 50s. Maybe you see patients that are that young who have cancer.
4: I specialize in seeing patients who are healthy but have a predisposition to cancer, like a genetic mutation. And I see a lot of 20 year olds, sometimes 18 year olds, 22 year olds, 25 year olds. It is rare for a woman to have cancer at that age. But it is common for women to know that they're at high risk for cancer at that age and then to think about what their future is going to be like and what their screening and risk reduction options are going to be.
1: Talk about BRCA and testing for it. Emma started the process trying to connect the dots between her family history and whether she had the gene and she tested positive. But what is BRCA and what are these two genes that uh, we need to know so much about?
4: so there's BRCA1 and BRCA2. Um, They are genes that we normally have two copies of, and they help protect our cells from damage to the DNA. So they protect us from cancer. So when you get one of the genes from one parent that is defective, your body's ability to protect itself from cancer is, is weaker. So they are more at risk for getting breast, ovarian cancer, sometimes pancreas melanoma, and men, of course, are more at risk for prostate cancer.
1: So this could even involve men. Right. I think a lot of men might not realize that.
4: I think that's true. I think sometimes men don't want to get tested as often as women because of that, but it, it's important, particularly for men who have daughters, nieces.
1: So when you test for one of these, muta- is it that you're testing for a mutation?
4: We call them either a mutation or some of the new nomenclature is the pathogenic variant, but like a mutation, right?
1: What is the cost of this test? And do, can I just go on to you know my favorite website and and order a test through the mail? Or do I have to go to a specialist for it?
4: Uh, really, both options are available to men and women now. I, I think many ways, it's nice to talk to a genetic counselor before you decide to test. And at Huntsman, it is actually free to meet with a genetic counselor to discuss testing. Um, Everywhere doesn't have access quite as great as that. There are also options to just go online and to get direct testing from a company who also has a genetic counselor employed with them. But if, you know, women are having a hard time accessing a big medical center, that's an okay option. Cost uh, used to be several thousand dollars. It's come down. Now it's more like a couple of hundred dollars.
1: Is there an impact on someone's health insurance coverage if they test positive for this gene mutation?
4: Yes. So there's actually a law enacted many years ago called GINA, which means that it's illegal for your health insurance company to discriminate against you based on genetic information to promote people's ability to get tested. Um, however, life and disability insurance don't have that same protection. So you do need to take a pause before testing and make sure you've thought that through for yourself.
1: Let's say I test and I test positive for one of these two, BRCA1 or BRCA2. Then what?
4: Then I, I think it's really common for people's heads to start spinning. <laughs> There's yes. a lot of fears and they hear these words that they've like seen in the newspaper. I think the, the most important thing is to calm down, <laughs> take a minute. And try to get some expertise so try to meet with a genetic counselor or someone like myself who's an oncologist that thinks about this this space a lot get some information try to understand your risk more specifically and what are the options that you have to help you either make your chance of cancer lower or to screen carefully to catch cancer earlier
1: gabriella and emma decided to have double mastectomies let's talk about other options too
4: for breast cancer we think there are two good paths to go down one is to pursue bilateral mastectomy like these twins did. The second path would be to pursue screening with a mammogram and a breast MRI alternating every six months. Those two paths do not seem to make a difference in who survives getting breast cancer. It does make a difference in who gets diagnosed with and cured with breast cancer and who never has breast cancer at all.
1: What are the guarantees that that between those six months or what do the statistics show that something bad would be caught?
4: Yeah, so there's never a guarantee as you as you know for women who have BRCA2, those tend to be cancers that are hormonally driven and a little bit slower growing. I tend to feel really confident and comfortable that you know the chances that we're going to catch cancer really early for those women is really good. BRCA1, the breast cancers can be a little bit more aggressive and they can grow more quickly. Those are women I feel really strongly if they're going to screen, they really have to be on the money every 6 months. And there's no guarantee for any of the women, but we always worry more about our patients with BRCA1 because those breast cancers are aggressive.
1: Gabriella referred to another option that she explored, which was medication. And that came out of the blue for me. What what medication is out there for women who test positive?
4: So the same medications that for many years have been used to treat women who've been diagnosed with breast cancer can we also we know can prevent breast cancer. The um, in many scenarios, it can reduce your chance of breast cancer. So say we tell you your chances is 40% in your lifetime you're going to get breast cancer. Taking one of these pills like tamoxifen once a day for five years can can lower that by half, so from 40% to 20%. Um, we don't have a lot of great studies that show that they are specifically helpful in women with BRCA1 or BRCA2, but if a woman for sure didn't want to do surgery, it's a reasonable option to consider.
1: For people who do opt for a double mastectomy, what were their odds before if they are BRCA positive and then after they have the double mastectomy?
4: So there's a range and it, the your risk of a woman's risk of breast cancer is a, a largely dependent on her age. So if you're 24, like these girls were, they've got a lot of years to live. Their risk of breast cancer would have been very high. BRCA1 would be something in the range of 60 to 80 percent, BRCA two more like 40 to 60 percent. So it would take whatever, let's so let's say Gabriella's risk was 70 percent, it would a risk-reducing mastectomy would take it from 70 percent to seven percent. So it it does a good job at reducing her risk of breast cancer.
1: Doctor, what should women know before they have a double mastectomy?
4: The surgery is a big deal. It's a long recovery, reconstruction is many, many doctors' visits. One of the biggest thing I hear from my patients who have this done is they're often relieved because their cancer risks are lower, but they are sometimes uh, surprised or struggle with the lack of sensation that they have now in their breast tissue. That's different, it will always be different for them. And obviously you can still get pregnant just fine without your breast, but you can't breastfeed. And that's a, that is something that you know women need to think about and make sure they're at peace with.
1: I was so um, happy for Emma and Gabriella that they were going to be able to put this decision behind them and then start the recovery process. And then they brought up two words ovarian cancer.
4: What's the risk? Ovarian cancer risk is the overall risk to each of these girls is going to be a little bit lower than breast cancer, you know, maybe 50, 60% over their lifetime, depending on if they have BRCA1 or 2. However, We cannot screen very well for ovarian cancer, and we're also not as good at treating it. So for that reason, we have this sort of very rudimentary recommendation, which is take them out when it's time. And depending on the mutation, that's either somewhere between 35 and 40 or 40 and 45. So it's before menopause.
1: What are the odds that people are walking around with this mutation that they don't know about?
4: In general, the odds are low, right? In, in several thousand women, but it, but some things can make it more likely that you have one of these mutations. Being Jewish, particularly of Ashkenazi Jewish descent, so from Eastern Europe, that, that can make it very likely those women can get testing just because of their heritage. Um, and of course, having a family history, like these girls we're talking about. So having a mother, a sister, even a grandmother, and maybe multiple aunts that have breast cancer. Also having several male relatives with prostate cancer can make it more likely that, that you have a BRCA1 or 2 mutation.
1: And this isn't um, exclusive to women. As we talked about earlier, men can also get tested. Correct. Thank you for sharing your expertise. Let's talk about the cancer odds for men next. And Gabriella suffers a setback.
0: Debbie Dujanovic is one half of David Dujanovic. Hear their timely and relatable takes on the news. Monday from 9 till noon on KSL News Radio.
1: Welcome back. I'm Debbie Dujanovic. We have been having a very in-depth and heart to heart discussion with twin sisters Emma and Gabriella, who felt their best option to significantly reduce their risk for breast cancer was to both undergo double mastectomies. It was a year of weighing their odds and options after they tested positive for a gene mutation that put their risk in the neighborhood of 80%. An 80% chance of developing breast cancer in their lifetime. And keep in mind, the average American woman has a 13% chance. It's now been two months uh, since they've undergone their surgeries at the same hospital in Utah on the very same day. And remember... They're just 24 years old, and in a moment, we're going to get into how many months of reconstructive surgeries lie ahead, and we'll also talk about this. Unfortunately, Gabriella had an unexpected medical setback. Before we check in with them, there are two things that I learned during our discussions that I was just curious to find out more about, so let's start here. First, I felt the need to know how to start the process myself of connecting my genealogy a family history, and my genetics to see if I am at an increased risk for having this breast cancer gene. I've already had a breast lumpectomy. That surgery took place in 2013 at Huntsman Cancer Institute here in Utah. Doctors had detected a problem on my annual mammogram. Thankfully, after weeks and weeks of anxiety and waiting, I found out that I was negative for cancer but I am closely watched. I found out that the FDA has approved an at-home test to test for some of these BRCA gene mutations. So I contacted the website. You've probably heard of it, 23andMe. They market this test. If you want to know if your DNA puts you at a higher risk for certain cancers, um, breast cancer in particular, it's a saliva test kit, and it costs about $200. You collect your own sample at your kitchen table. You send it to a lab and, and they send you the results. Now, the American Cancer Association advises on their website to not take a negative result from one of these at-home tests as, hey, you're in the clear. Because as they say, there are somewhere in the neighborhood of a thousand BRCA gene mutations. So if you opt for this at-home test for starters to begin the process, make sure you follow up with your doctor. Next, I was really curious about the BRCA gene mutation and men. And it was Dr. Sarah Colonna of Huntsman Cancer Institute that sparked my concern about this risk in men.
4: So when you get one of the genes from one parent that is defective, your body's ability to protect itself from cancer is, is weaker. And men, of course, are more at risk for prostate cancer. I think sometimes men don't want to get tested as often as women because of that, but it's important, particularly for men who have daughters, nieces.
1: So like women, men can inherit a gene mutation, which puts them at a higher risk. For example, if a man's mom is positive for a BRCA mutation, there's a chance he inherited that mutation from her. It's not only breast cancer in men the mutation can put you at a higher risk for, but also an increased risk for prostate and pancreatic cancers, And if a man is positive for a BRCA mutation, he may have passed it on to his own children, putting them in a higher risk category. Now let's check in with Emma and Gabriella. I do feel strongly that calling their post-double mastectomy care a recovery period minimizes what lies ahead. After talking to them about it, understanding what they're going through, I now think of it as a lifelong commitment to self-care. You came out of surgery. Were you expecting... That this would just keep going and going and going?
3: No, I wasn't. Even being in the medical field, I thought I was prepared. And I was not as prepared as I thought I was. Even though I've had this surgery, um, it doesn't change my genetics. So I will still like live with these things for the rest of my life and still worry about ovarian cancer and worry if I'm going to pass this gene on to my kids. It's always something.
1: Emma plans to begin breast reconstruction surgery in August, more than a year and a half after learning she's a carrier for the breast cancer gene. Her twin sister, Gabriella suffered an unexpected setback. She got an infection. It called for another surgery, and it's delayed her reconstruction by several months. It'll also force her to undergo four reconstruction surgeries instead of two. Before they underwent their double mastectomies, the sisters traveled to Costa Rica to live it up knowing that daring feats like bungee jumping from cliffs would be shelved for a good chunk of their 20s. You ready?
4: Yep. Adios. Adios. Five, four, three.
1: Now, after hearing their story, you may feel they should have waited. They're far too young to have double mastectomies. It was just too radical too soon. That you yourself wouldn't want to know if you're a carrier of a breast cancer gene. And that's okay. But Gabriella says this journey has given her peace of mind, peace of mind about the future. It's also given the twin sisters something else, it's given them an unprecedented chance to educate thousands of others.